Happy Easter 2021. Has a different ring to it this Easter, doesn't it? As we come out of 2020 and the pandemic into what feels like just a whole new reality in front of us, a whole new world in front of us. It's, which is actually a really great picture of what Easter is about as Jesus came into this world to usher in a brand new day, to bring redemption, to bring a, a whole new reality to this world and to us, a brand new day. And when I, when I hear that phrase, it takes me back to the years that my kids were little, especially my youngest son, Caleb, because that brand new day was like my alarm clock every day for a few years. Uh, when he was three, four, five, six, seven years old, he always got up really early and he was so excited. He's a very enthusiastic little guy and, and he woke up at like six in the morning. And so every morning he would bust into our room and jump on the bed and say, mom, dad, wake up. It's a brand new day. And he was so excited. He just couldn't wait for what the day would bring. Of course, for us, we were worn out and tired and exhausted, just wanted to sleep. And we were like, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. But he was like, it's a brand new day. My guess is uh, that dichotomy probably describes a lot of us right now as we're part of this Easter service, watching uh, this service today. Uh, some of you who are Jesus followers are more on the it's a brand new day kind of thing, right? Because this is Easter for Christians. It doesn't get any bigger than this, any better than this as something to celebrate. So you're like, ah, oh, this is awesome. But I know for others, uh, maybe you're new to Christianity or not, uh, you know, you're a tire kicker or uh, maybe you're watching today to, to make somebody else happy, your mom. That's not a bad idea or a spouse or a pretty girl invited you to participate in this or whatever reason. You're not you're not really into it because it just doesn't feel like your thing. It doesn't feel relevant to you. So you're maybe a little bit on the, oh, Lord, help me Jesus category. Like, why am I here? But I hope you'll be open to the possibility that what we're going to talk about today and what we celebrate at Easter has a whole lot more to do uh, with you than you think. Uh, it, it's actually for all of us what God wants to do that that is bigger and more significant than we can possibly imagine. Easter isn't just something that happened 2000 years ago as kind of this event. It, it's something that Jesus came and did 2000 years ago as he rose from the dead. But that has impact to this very day as he wants to raise us up to new life. Uh, the Bible talks about that in First Corinthians 15. It says it this way. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who've died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. What Paul is saying is that Jesus's resurrection is the first of a harvest of resurrections. It's like the first of a wave of resurrections that his bring raised to new life is just the start because that's what he wants to do for you and me. He wants to raise us up to new life when we say yes to his empowering and redeeming presence in our life. Uh, one way to say that is he came to bring into this world and into your life and mine a major upgrade, not just a little tweak. He wants to raise us up to a whole new life, quite an upgrade. Now, I don't know if you've ever been upgraded before in a significant way, maybe on an airplane flight or a cruise or a hotel. But that's always a good day when that happens, which is why I'm in this hotel suite right now. And it is sweet. 
And I mean, hotel rooms are great. This is a nice hotel. It's Omni Hotel in Dallas. And I know some of you coming out of 2020 are still a little bit grumpy and you're thinking, why did the church pay this? But I will say that Omni Hotel was really great to us when they realized what, what they were doing. So you can just be in a good mood. You don't have to worry about that. Um, but, but, you know, rooms here are great, but it's this suite is way better. And it reminds me of a time uh, years ago I, in, in downtown Chicago when I got upgraded in, in a significant way. I had been traveling in Europe doing uh, all these meetings and speaking engagements. And, and uh, then instead of coming back to Dallas, there was another conference in Chicago that I was uh, part of. And, and at least it was hosted at a really nice hotel. So I thought, OK, good, I'm going to get some rest. The flights from Europe were all delayed. It was a mess. It took like 30-something hours. And by the time I got to the hotel in downtown Chicago to check in, it was maybe one or two in the morning, and I was exhausted. I, I just felt like I couldn't move another inch. And so I go to check in, and the lady at the desk says, well, I, I have bad news and good news. The bad news is we've overbooked the hotel, so we don't have a room for you, even though we have a reservation. The good news is we do have a, another room for you, at another hotel in a different part of town. And I was so tired. I just wanted to cry. And I said, Lay, I can't. I just can't. I can't go anywhere else. I'm happy to be on the couch, one of the couches in the lobby. That would be fine. But I, 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 is there anybody I can talk to? Well, there was a manager there. And when the manager came, I guess he had pity on me. He saw how bad I looked, how pitiful I looked. And he said, Mr. Jones, we're going to take care of you. They upgraded me to the presidential suite. It was awesome. It was this penthouse. I had all these rooms, you know, a bed and living room and dining room and office and just kitchen, all this stuff. It was this incredible balcony overlooking downtown Chicago. It was like a lot like if you saw the movie Pretty Woman, you know, that hotel suite. Now, the only problem with was with all that is I didn't have my pretty woman talking about Christy, my wife. Uh, she was back home with the kids. Uh, I was there all by myself in this presidential suite, my own concierge and butler and all this stuff for three days. Uh, one of those nights was I went in downtown Chicago. They turned on the Christmas lights and this parade. And I was able to look from my room uh, from the balcony and look down and and see this happening. It was it was really, really cool. But I'll 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 never forget that guy coming to me and saying, Mr. Jones, we're going to take care of you. I had no idea how great he was going to take care of me. But, man, I appreciated that guy. Well, Easter is kind of like God in love coming into this world saying, I'm going to take care of you. Um, that, that he came into the broken tiredness exhaustion of, of this planet to uh, usher in a whole new day to raise us up to new life and to restore what sin has taken from this world. In Romans, it says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That what God wants us to do is raise us up to a new life, is take our brokenness and take our pain and take all that and create something brand new, not just a tweak, a whole new life and way bigger and way better than any of us can even imagine. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 2, it says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has even conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. What God, what Jesus wants to do in your life and mine is way bigger than anything anybody's ever conceived. And God's dream for you, God's plan for you is that much bigger. In fact, the Bible has a word for it. It's glory or glorification. I mean, glory is really used just of God. 
except that he's chosen to pull us in, to share his glory, to glorify us. To glorify us means to make us like Jesus, uh, to take us, not just tweak our lives a little bit, not just upgrade our lives some, but all the way to be like him. Uh, The Bible talks about that too in 2 Corinthians 3. It says, so all of us who've had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Uh, What he wants to do in our life is to transform us over time, this whole new life, all the way to be like him, all the way to be like Jesus. It doesn't get any higher than that. In the book of Hebrews, it says that he is exalting us higher than even the angels, as majestic as they are, us way higher as sons and daughters of him being made into his image. Uh, Some believe that that was even the part of the scandal in in heaven that caused Satan and the angels we now call demons to rebel that just upset about the human exaltation plan. I don't know. But what I do know is that what Jesus wants to do is way bigger than we think. C.S. Lewis, trying to help us understand that a little bit, he was an Oxford uh, professor and wrote Chronicles of Narnia and a bunch of other stuff. It talks about it this way, what the destiny of those who say yes to the upgrade is. Uh, This will be complete when we're in heaven, which, by the way, is our next series, One Minute After You Die. But he says this, There are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, as great as they are, these are mortal, and their life to ours is the life of a gnat. The dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw them, you'd be strongly tempted to worship them. If we let him, for we can prevent him, if we choose, he will make the feeblest and filthy of us into a dazzling, radiant, immortal creature, pulsating all through with such energy and joy and wisdom and love as we cannot now imagine, a bright, stainless mirror which reflects back to God perfectly, though, of course, on a smaller scale, his own boundless power and delight and goodness to be like him. I mean, it's pretty stinking amazing, this upgrade. And and for some of you, when you hear that, what God wants to do in your life, it'll culminate when we see him in in, in this next life. Um, But he wants to start now transforming our life and and bringing in this brand new day. For some of you, when you hear that, uh, maybe you are weighed down with shame. Uh, just you know your brokenness, you know how screwed up your life is, you know the mistakes you've made, what you've done, and you think, yeah, I don't know about all that. But just what he says is exactly true. God wants to take our shame and turn it into glory. Uh, He he actually wants to take our failures and our mistakes and our mess ups and, and make them just a more beautiful part of our story. For others of you, you might think, you know, my life's actually pretty good. You know, you're kind of proud of who you are and what you've attained and who and you're like, you know, life's I mean, it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And and uh, and I'm, I'm doing OK. And that's great. Except it's tiny, like insignificant in terms of what could be happening in, in your life and what God could be doing through your life. If we simply said yes to what he wants to do as he came to uh, not only save us from the penalty of sin, but also raise us up to new life. As it says in 2 Corinthians, he wants to make us more and more like him as we're changed into his glorious image. And that's quite an upgrade. But you can reject it or accept it. You can say no. It kind of takes me back to another upgrade story. This was on, an, on a flight to New Zealand. So this is like a 15, 16 hour flight. And 
uh, and which is a long flight in coach, right? Which is where I was back with the commoners and, and, uh, and I, with a, we were about to take off in a few minutes and, and a flight attendant came and said, uh, Mr. Jones, would you please gather your things and come with me? Well, I thought I was in trouble. I thought they were kicking me off the plane. I think, man, what did I do? What did I say? I, you know, and, and, and the, all the commoners around me assumed that's what was going on too. You know, you could see him kind of whispering to each other, what did he do? And I thought, oh man, this gets out. Pastor kicked off the plane. All, it's all, all that was going through my mind, but I got my stuff and, and she didn't say anything until we got past the common section toward where the exit was, but also toward business class and first class. And she said, Mr. Jones, we're upgrading you to first class. I had no idea why, but we're upgrading you to first class. Well, there's a big difference on an international flight between coach all the way to first class. I had my own little bubble. I had my own little world up there that I could close everybody off. I laid down flat. I slept eight hours straight. I had filet mignon for dinner. I could have anything I wanted to eat or drink. When we landed in New Zealand, I didn't want to get off the plane. I'm like, you guys see New Zealand. That's awesome. I'm good. I'm right. But, of course, they made me get off. It was quite an upgrade. <laughs> but, but I could have said no. And same with us today, this Easter. You can say yes or no to what Jesus wants to do in your life. I mean, picture Jesus like that flight attendant coming back to your seat and saying, hey, whatever your name is, like, gather your things and, and come with me. And you might think, oh, no, because you know what you deserve, right? We deserve, we all deserve to be kicked off the plane. But it's not about being in trouble. Uh, Jesus came to rescue us from trouble. That's why he died on the cross for the sins of the world, to take the penalty that you and I deserve. But it's better than that. It's also about the upgrade of this new life that he came to bring us, that he wants to remake our lives and restore what sin has ruined and taken away and, and glorify us and make us like him. You can say yes or no, but why would you say no to the upgrade? And this Easter would be the perfect time if you have yet to begin a relationship with Jesus to do just that and say, God, I, I know what I deserve, but it's amazing you came to bring me not only what I don't deserve, not just you know, to rescue me from what I deserve, but you want to give me way more than that. You want to remake my life. You want to redeem it. You want to change my life. You want to make something way more beautiful than I can even imagine. And I want to say yes. And that's what it means to begin a relationship with God. You don't have to cash in miles. There's nothing you can do to deserve it or earn it or pay for it. It's a gift. It's God's grace. In a little bit, we're going to pray, and you'll have the opportunity to say yes to his presence in your life. For others of you, you'd say, well, I've already done that. I I have a relationship with God. Um, But but keep in mind that this process that will be complete when we see him in heaven, uh, like Philippians says, that yes, he will complete it on that day of Christ uh, when he returns. But you and I determine how much of that newness we live into. We kind of set the pace by the steps we take. It's like Paul said in Philippians 3. Hey, I haven't attained it yet. What God wants for me, this perfection, I haven't attained it. But this is what I do. I I don't worry so much about the past. I just keep taking new steps. I just keep taking new steps. And, And this Easter, I think, would be a great opportunity to stop a little bit and say, God, what new spiritual step do you have in front of me to live more into this new life that you want for me? Uh, Because I don't want to live smaller. I don't want to live less significant, less impactful uh, than than I have to. I, I want to just keep taking new steps. And I think in this COVID period, it's been really easy to put our spiritual life on the back burner and to leave a lot of fresh steps just undone. And so as we go before God saying, God, you came to bring me this whole new life. I kind of set the pace of how much of that I live into. 
God, would you just speak into my life to say, what, what new step do you want me to take as we pray before him? Whether that's you know, saying, man, I'm going to engage church again, or I'm going to serve again, or I'm going to be in a group, or I'm going to serve the poor, or I'm going to give financially to things. What, I don't know what God is going to speak into your heart, but I'd encourage you as we pray to ask him just that, because he came to usher in a brand new day to this planet and to your life and mine. So we're going to pray and have an opportunity to consider the invitation that Jesus has given us to not only forgive our sin, but upgrade us to a whole new life. Again, not just a tweak, but a whole major upgrade. And and so let's go before God right now in prayer. Prayer, just talking to God in your own words and right where you are, uh, you can talk with him. And I'll just guide us through a little prayer. And and for some of you, this may be your opportunity to begin a relationship with Jesus to, in essence, say yes to the upgrade and, and just say, you know, Jesus, I know what I deserve, but I thank you that you came to bring me what I don't deserve. Not only to forgive my sin as you died on the cross to take the penalty that was mine, uh, but you came also to raise me to a whole new life and you want to change me and transform me and redeem me and take my brokenness and make it beautiful. And I say yes to you. And, and the Bible says it, it, it's a gift. You can't earn it or deserve it. So just say, yes, Lord, I accept that gift of your transforming presence in my life. And that's what it means to begin a relationship with God. It's the first step. But it's a very important one. And, and for uh, those who've maybe already taken that step, this is a great opportunity to consider and just ask God right now in your heart. Just say, God, what next step do you want me to take to live more fully into this new reality that you want me to be living in. God, I don't want my pace of transformation to be slow. I, I want to dive in with both feet. And so, God, would you, uh, would you just reveal to me right now, just, just what next step do you want me to take? And then give me the courage and the discipline to take it. And on behalf of all of us, uh, I just want to thank the Lord this Easter Father, I thank you this Easter, especially 2021, after all that we've been through in 2020, for the promise of a whole new day that you came 2,000 years ago to bring. Father, we deserve to be left behind, to left in the predicament we were in, but you chose to come into this broken, tired world and say, I want to take care of you and go way beyond that. And so we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for Easter. In Jesus' name. Amen.